This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. Find it now wherever you access your favorite podcasts. The Golden Globe race is arguably the world's most challenging and demanding yacht race. Alone at sea for months on end and deprived of modern navigational equipment, it's a quest few have attempted and even fewer have conquered. But our very own Kirsten Neuscheffer not only won the race, but did so comfortably. An extraordinary competitor, hers is a story of remarkable courage and fortitude. Now, finally back home, she joins Aaron Bates around the fire. Kirsten Neuscheffer making history. The first South African and woman to win the most extreme yacht race in the world, the Golden Globe. 235 days at sea, non-stop, solo and unassisted. Facing fear, incredible deprivation, completely alone. 16 set sail, only three crossed the finish line in France. It's a moment that I'll never forget. And you know, after eight months all alone and just, you know, I'd achieved my goal, I'd done what I wanted to do. So that was really, really amazing. It was spectacular. <laughs> just feeling her cheek on my cheek was unbelievable. Back home in Kaibeja, escaping the media hype, Kirsten is setting off on another lone quest, hiking along the wild coast with her beloved dog, Dwesa. We joined her for coffee and a chat on the beach. Hi, Kirsten. Hi, Erin. <laughs> World-winning Golden Globe uh, champion now sitting on the beach making a fire. <laughs> yeah, I'm champion to schooly on the beach. <laughs> Are you looking forward to that peace and quiet after what's been a bit of a whirlwind, I imagine? Yeah, I sure am. I'm going to not take my cell phone with me and I'm going to enjoy feeling land under my feet and watching the swell, the breaking waves, which you prefer not watching when you're at sea. Back to their stomping ground, the wild coast is one of her favorite places in the world. Alone, no commitments, no cameras, no deadlines. Time to breathe out after an intense three years. It's been eating, sleeping, dreaming of just this whole project, even if it meant working till two, three in the morning. Yeah, whatever it took. And it takes everything. In 1968, when the world's attention was on the first moon landing, Nine men set sail on the first solo non-stop sailing race around the world. Only one finished, 29-year-old Robin Knox Johnston. This is only the third race since 1968, strictly using the same technology and boats that are more than 35 years old. Even the prize money remains as it was, a princely 5,000 pounds. That's the beauty of this race. It's not just about how fast you're going to be and how high tech your boat is. It's about are you going to find your way around the world? Are you going to avoid dangers? You know, if it's also a survival race. 
For the last 40 years, people have depended on navigating with the GPS and detailed advanced weather warnings. This is sailing stripped to the bare essentials. Think old school, no GPS, navigating with the sun, a wristwatch and a sextant. And music, strictly cassette tapes. Getting the weather forecast from Cape Town Radio. That's uh, the best weather I've been able to get information up until now. Which media accompanies my individual waves, 1.5 to two times higher. Often with no idea of what kind of weather was coming at her or where her fellow contestants were, until she crossed the finish line, Kirsten never let up. I've got no racing background, but it was in the back of my mind the whole time, keep going faster, keep going faster, keep a balance between enjoying the ride, keeping the boat safe, staying well rested, but pushing it as hard as I could. Preparing for a storm isn't a 10 minute job and perhaps in the dark and in the rain, it's not gonna be a lot of fun. I like the fact of having to think about how am I gonna do this all on my own? How am I gonna be on the bow and on the stern of the boat simultaneously? You'd have seen me talking to myself quite a bit. Like I'd give myself instructions as I would a crew. I'd say, for example, it's really time you got the spinner cap now. And then I'd say, okay, I'm going already. I'd speak to the wind like, please wind, please come back. Don't leave me here. <laughs> you know, I need you, <laughs> that kind of thing. Kirsten's been pushing the limits from early childhood. Her mother, Annette, just learned to hold on for the ride. Kirsten actually taught me to be a lot less fearful and um, she's really tried to toughen me up from a very early age. She was just crazy about the sea and just felt at one with it really. She actually bought a Hobie cat with a friend and they had this idea that they were going to kind of see how far they could get up the west coast and in Azerfontaine they wrecked their whole boat because <laughs> it was just not stable enough for those seas. Funny how one just craves things from home from time to time. Good thing I took a bit of a supply of mini pup with from South Africa when I left. Her father Ziggy took her sailing from a very young age, but now in his mid-80s he is battling a neurological condition. My father, that had actually been his dream to sail around the world, did you think about him and that kind of dream he'd had as a young man at times during your travels? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I thought about, for example, how much he would have liked to have uh, had the opportunity to sail around Cape Horn because that's like the ultimate thing for a sailor to do. At least I thought, well, he'd be happy to know that I'm doing it. Kirsten is hardcore. At 22, she cycled home from Europe across Africa, her first big adventure. That 15,000 kilometer solo trip inspired her to follow her heart. People told me that's crazy that you're not gonna make it. And it's like, well, let me at least try. And I think that's the starting point is just at least try. I just suddenly realized how determined she was to do this race and how hardworking she is and how disciplined she has remained. Despite briefly sailing inshore in Cape Town, race rules said no one was allowed on or off the yacht. 
but she did see friends and family. Now that I'm, sorry to say, on my way again after just waving at them briefly, I feel lonelier than I have during the whole trip. What is it about who you are that allows you to really manage those moments? For me, if I'm in a city and no one's making eye contact with me and no one's talking to me, that's when I feel lonely. So the majority of the time on this trip, I felt solitude, but I felt it in a way that I could commune more with nature rather than that I, I was craving other human company. Ironically, a distress call put Kirsten in contact with another human in the most dramatic and unexpected way. Getting that distress call galvanized Kirsten into action. Her fellow contestant, Tapio Lentinen's yacht, had sunk. He was bobbing around in a life raft in the Southern Ocean. So we're on our way to see if we can find Tapio. Well, for one, I was really happy when I finally spotted him because the life raft had a VHF in it. So he kept on saying, I can see you, I can see you. And I'm like, I can't see you. For the life of me, I can't see you. She undertook the extremely scary task of offloading him onto a passing ship. Then I cut the lines on my side because I had to get away from that ship really, really quickly. I didn't want to be stuck between Tapio's raft with my boat and then the big ship. So, uh, yeah, now he's on the ship on his way to China. And then what sailors have feared most for centuries. You know that expression, down in the doldrums? This is literally where it comes from. Stuck in the middle of a race for two weeks, going nowhere. Yep, that's it. Dead calm. So if I was really getting frustrated to the point that I wanted to rip my hair out, I'd just jump over the side. And swim until I was out of breath and then look back at the boat and say, ah, that looks a bit small. I better get back to the boat, get back to the boat, climb up. Then you've got a bit of adrenaline anyway because it gets a bit creepy after a while. Eventually, the wind returned. There's such a sincerity behind a lot of the messages that people have sent me where I almost feel guilty. I, because they're saying such lovely things to me and I'm saying, well, ultimately, I went out there and did what I wanted to do. <laughs> it was about me, myself and I, but I'm sure it had a really positive impact on me being all on my own out there and having people behind the scenes saying, yeah, we're rooting for you. We hope you win. <laughs> Although it was a solo race, there were a lot of people behind me to make it happen for me. So somewhere I, I'd like to give back. While not all of us can hop on a boat and sail around the world, there are still a few lessons we can take from Kirsten's remarkable journey, from pushing ahead even when it seems impossible, to being more at ease with oneself. May we all take a small nugget of wisdom from today's story. Thanks for listening. In case you missed any of our earlier episodes, you can find them all now on Spotify and all other major platforms. 
Also, head on over to the Carte Blanche website for more insightful content.